Hello and welcome to SEO SAS, where your hosts are myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO Content Executive at Holland and Barrett, and the luscious, outgoing, adventurous, um, good listener, uh, very funny, very dry, Hannah Bryce, SEO Manager, also at Holland and Barrett. Why are we called SEO SAS? Well, we are called SES, SEO SES, because we like to think of ourselves as your special answering service when it comes to SEO. Quite frankly, we're both nerds on the subject and we love nothing more than getting stuck into good topics that we can debate, discuss, check out what's happening in the industry. We also get guests on to also discuss other areas of SEO and and yeah and together it's all about learning as much as we can about SEO so we can all get better. Now unfortunately Hannah isn't with me this week because she is having some much deserved time off with her hubby. So I'm hoping she's having a wonderful time and I'm sure she is. She's probably hiking, got stuck on many mountains and just having a bit of an adventure. Um, So yes, Hannah's not here, but do not fret because it's not just me. So it's not just going to be my inner thoughts about whatever goes on in my head. I have managed to get us an awesome guest today um, to talk about creating engaging content that converts. And that guest is Alicia Ajardi. So welcome to the show, Alicia. Hi. Hi, hi. How are we doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me as your guest today. Thank you very much for agreeing to join me. It's a delight and I'm very excited about sort of discussing um, what we're going to discuss today. Um, But before we get stuck into that, um, every guest has a quick fire um, round and this is just about getting to know you. So, just sort of answer with the first question that comes, the first question? What am I on about? The first answer that comes into your head. Does that sound good? Sounds amazing. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. First question. What's your guilty pleasure? Luxury hamburgs. Last thing you baked? Oh, baked. Um, oh, God, I don't bake, you know. I'm not Ooh. definitely not a good content, contestant for the Great British Bake Off. I, I, I don't bake. I'm a cooker. I like to cook, but I'm not. I remember ba- trying to bake a cake like Christmas, probably two Christmases ago, and it went terribly. So, no. So you stay away from cakes yeah. and baking. Fair enough, fair enough. I have to agree, baking is not my, because with cooking, you can go off piste a little bit, but with baking, it's science, isn't it? You have to follow a recipe and method, so I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Okay, invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Ah, sneaky. <laughs> Would you say you're good at lying? You know what, I think I've mastered the art of lying over the couple of years so yeah I would say I am yes oh always a good little uh, talent to have yeah. um 
And talking about talents, what would you say is your secret talent? Um, probably comedy. Comedy? Yeah, I mean, not in, in the sense of stand-up comedy. You know, I'm not, I'm not a stand-up comedian. But I just think my natural sense of humour, my personality is quite comical. And people are always telling me, you know, you're so funny. You should have your own reality TV show. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. Never say never here's to 2021 and you might have you might have that you might have your own show exactly. um, <laughs> BET, if you're listening to this you know hit me up <laughs> I'm, I mean I'm sure we have people from there listening to the SEOSES podcast I'm sure um how many times do you snooze your alarm clock in the morning never because I don't believe in alarm clocks I mean I feel like I want to ask questions, but this is quick fire, so let's get on to the next one. Uh, word beginning with L. Um, Lamborghini, because I want one. <laughs> <laughs> so you look like your luxury handbags, your luxury cars. Mm-hmm. Um, name something that is orange. Hermes um, Birkin. Sorry, say that again. Hermes, <laughs> um, the brand. Okay. <laughs> I don't know my brands. I am not savvy with my brands whatsoever. <laughs> um, unpopular opinion. Oh, oh God. I'm so tempted to say something political, but I'm not so unpopular opinion. I, I don't really like chocolate. Right. I mean, I think that is quite a controversial one. Yeah. Like all types of chocolate. Because, I mean, you've got your dark, you've got your white. I don't got... mind uh, white chocolate, but then white chocolate isn't really real chocolate, is it? It's just sugar. Yes. I mean, I don't like white chocolate because it's too sweet for me. I'm more of a dark chocolate fan. Yeah, mum feels the same way. Um, But I've just never been keen on chocolate in general. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, that's good, isn't it? Because if you're not, I mean, what what do you like instead? Like, you're more of like a crisp fan? Yeah, I love a good cheese and onion crisp. Um, I like cookies as well like white chocolate chip cookies I can do um oh I'm a big fan of desserts so I like hot desserts like apple crumble and custard uh we yesterday I mean my brother-in-law won some brother-in-law points because I was hard working away and he came up with some uh fresh from the oven apple strudel and I was like oh, oh my so I love strudel in fact after this podcast I'm going to Sainsbury's to buy some strudel <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing that before or just because uh, of this no, no, I was planning that before I have to do my <laughs> weekly shop but you reminded me I have to add strudel to the list always add strudel yeah. and you've got to have some sort of custard or cream or ice cream to go with it surely yeah um I think with strudel I think it's better with ice cream or fresh cream custard I prefer with like crumbles okay yeah I feel like we're really getting to know you here I feel like we're really sort of painting a picture of who you are as a person um okay last uh last two questions um last thing that made you laugh probably this conversation (laughs) (laughs) um oh god I don't even know yeah this conversation and basically every single conversation I have with my mom because 
we uh, work together all the time. Oh, that's so, yeah, let's, uh, let's spread some appreciation from all the amazing mums out there. My, I think my mum's hilarious too. So, uh, yeah, speak love to the mums yeah. uh, and dads. And uh, yeah, I mean, anyway, let's carry on. Um, what are you missing most in lockdown? I'm, okay, this is going to sound odd, but it's the truth. The one thing I'm missing the most is having the freedom to drive into central London without paying congestion charge. I mean, that's a quite specific one. Yes, because I'm getting fines, like, left, right and centre right now, because, you know, it's seven days a week now, and I'm just forgetting to pay them. Oh, see, I'm not really familiar. I'm not a Londoner, so I don't really. I'm not really familiar with these congestion charges and what. So, yeah. let's just say I'm very, very upset with Sadiq Khan right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, could you not set an alarm in your phone to remind I'm, yourself? No, my or... mum keeps saying that to me as well. Just put a reminder to pay it. Um, I'm just not used to paying it because. You know, I go into central London at the weekends to hang out with my friends or to film content for my YouTube channel. And now I have to keep remembering to pay it and then I forget. And yeah, I need to I need to figure out a process. Right. So it's not healthy for your bank balance right now. It's not. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right. Um, That brings us to the end of this week's quick fire. You survived. Uh, so yes well done and I think you did very well you answered those questions very good Um, so now we know more you personally and um, yeah let's let's sort of move more on to today's topic and first before we do could you give our listeners a brief overview of yourself and how you got into this wonderful world of digital marketing Okay, sure. So my name is Elisha Ajadi. Um, I live in London. I'm a born and bred Londoner. I studied multimedia and technology, technology and design at Brunel University, which was the best three years of my life. Like, yeah, I just, that student life, you're never going to get that back. <laughs> um, so after I graduated, I actually interned at Bernardo's Children's Charity for six months as a new media intern. And it was an unpaid internship. Um, but I was really set on doing it because I knew I needed some experience, you know, underneath my belt. So that was my first insight into digital marketing I learned some very basic SEO techniques like on-page techniques um you know learned how to uh work my way around the content management system content writing things like that so yeah I mean unpaid internships I would personally highly recommend them because they are good at getting your foot into the door Mm. um and then after that I did a few under the table jobs and when I say that I mean um cash in hand jobs so right yeah basically companies that just didn't want to pay taxes <laughs> naughty companies naughty naughty, naughty. Yeah. but you know I had to do what I had to do just to get more experience so that was yeah it was a combination of graphic design because the degree that I did we learned a lot about the adobe suite 
mm. um, the creative suite. So I was doing a lot of graphic design combined with SEO as well. Um, and then I would say my first paid full-time SEO role was in 2012 when I got my first graduate role as an SEO executive at Hertz Very nice, very nice. Yeah. So from, yeah, I stayed at Hertz for two years. And then from there, I just kept, you know, moving around companies. I worked client side. I worked agency side. Um, I did, you know, technical roles. I did creative roles. And I've just been in SEO ever since. So it sounds like you've pretty much had a really good like all rounder of lots of different things and um especially how you said you've worked in-house and agency side mm-hmm. I've done that too and I think that's so uh it's it's a good way of learning about how different it is agency side and in-house yeah. and you get sort of different skills from both I mean I know some people would say that they prefer working agency side whereas some people prefer in-house me myself and I that's a song isn't it uh but me myself um I've recently gone into in-house at Holland and Barrett and I prefer it at the moment just because I feel like there's more time to get stuck into stuff yeah um whereas where your agency um I mean yeah you there's never enough time or resources there but they have their different um advantages and disadvantages so when when I started working at an agency I knew from week one that this is not for me (laughs) Mm. I was just not feeling that everything was so fast it was yes such fast pace and you know it was a lot of implementation which was good because you get to you get those practical skills whereas in-house roles are more strategy based Yes, and you can, yeah, it's more, yeah, definitely. And there's a, it's more strategy based because you have more time to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's more sort of processes and then it's easier and yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, cool. So obviously, when I introduced you to the show, um, I said that you were a business owner. Uh so tell us, tell us about that business. I'm 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 right in thinking that it's fairly new. Yes, that is correct. So I've just launched a new business called Core Consultancy. And we specialize in helping small business and medium-sized business grow grow their business with SEO, basically, so grow their visibility. Um, We offer a six-week coaching program called Mastering SEO, which is designed to enhance your skills and your knowledge, but also obviously designed to increase your organic traffic, your online search visibility, and to help you climb the rankings. Um, Yeah, so I guess one thing I noticed about our industry is that there's not many coaching programs because most businesses do require, um, like most most businesses want an agency to do all the work for them to implement the work. Hmm. So I personally, I didn't really want to go down the agency route. Um, I think when you think of SEO and when you think of opening your own business, the first thing that comes to mind is to open an agency. But I just, I personally just didn't want to go down that route, especially as I didn't enjoy working at an agency when I was younger. So I don't now want to have my own agency. Um, so that's why I thought being a consultant, being a coach would be better suited for me. Um, so yeah, that's what I currently do. So go check out Core Consultancy. 
And what I'll do, um, because a lot of our listeners, um, well, they're listening to the podcast because they want to learn and they want to educate themselves more on SEO. So I'll make sure that in the show notes, I will link to that course um, and can go and check that out because I think that would be, yeah, very helpful very helpful for our our dear listeners um awesome right so we know about you personally we know about you in a sort of industry and business and what you're doing I think it's um I think it feels right to sort of get into the meatiness of today's podcast Mm -hmm. um obviously talking about creating engaging content that converts so um can let's start with the basics here and sort of like rewind it back a little bit so can you clarify um because content is such a umbrella term isn't it yeah um so what are we talking what's when we're saying about creating engaging content that converts what are we what is content what are we talking about well content can mean so many different things. There's so many different variations of content. As you said, it's such an umbrella term. But when we talk about content specifically for websites, we're usually talking about things like how-to guides, you know, checklists, videos, infographics, templates, PDF files, case studies, interviews, things like that. Yes, I mean, I feel like you need to breathe now after listing all those because that is quite quite a lot, isn't there? Quite a lot of content. Um, of content that you can create, so you'll never be stuck for content ideas. No, no, and that's the wonderful. Um, I, that's wonderful about this is that because there's so many different types of content, there's more opportunities for you to engage your potential customer, yeah. your audience, isn't there? So it's about understanding that. So. Okay, so now we understand what we mean when we talk about content. Um, I would like you to give me three top tips for engaging customers, potential customers. Okay, well, I would say my first tip would be videos. Start implementing videos onto your landing pages because, and I think this is still overlooked in 2020 even now, I think a lot of people and a lot of businesses still aren't utilizing videos to their full potential, because video is the fastest growing content on the internet, right, and it grows more and more each year, so Hmm. for example, YouTube, YouTube has over 2 billion users, you know, YouTube is way more popular than Instagram, yet more people seem to focus on Instagram rather than YouTube, And it's such a powerful platform because I know this because I'm a YouTuber myself and I've been creating content on YouTube for so many years now, for like the past five years. And video is so great for building a personal connection with your audience. So, you know, creating videos, regardless of what platform it's on, you can embed that into your landing pages. And what that does is that keeps your audience engaged on your website for a much longer period of time so it's naturally going to help with your engagement it's naturally going to you know increase your time on site Hmm. which is going to be seen um so obviously that's good in google's eyes as well isn't it um because obviously one thing that um so i suppose 
why we're talking about creating engaging content is because obviously when Google is looking at um, pages and websites to sort of show um, depending on what something someone has typed into the search bar it obviously takes into takes into consideration a lot of factors but one thing that it does take into consideration is if people are like sticking around um if they're like engaging with the content um because if people aren't and they're bouncing back off okay. that is something that great is it no that's not good that's gonna have a negative impact on yes. your website yeah okay so any other tips so video any other tips for engaging so the next one would be how-to guides and you know I think technical how-to guides given detailed step-by-step actions on how to use a particular product or a particular piece of software um I think these are really good as well um and I think a website an example website that does great technical how-to guides is ahrefs Right. Yeah. Um, so I really love the content that they produce. I really love their blog posts. I think I think technical how-to guides will again it organically keeps your users engaged with your content. But you have to be wary because they can be quite long and quite text heavy. You have to break it up with you know visual aids. So include a lot yeah. of images, a lot of charts, a lot of diagrams, so people don't get too overwhelmed by the volume of content. Yes. Definitely, definitely. Okay, um, so we've got videos, how-to guides, and last one. Um, so interviews. And I think, again, I think interviews are very underrated and I think a lot of people overlook, overlook the power of interviews. So, for example, if you can... When I say interview, I don't mean interviewing your mum or your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean interviewing someone with a lot of authority in your industry or niche, right? So yes. you can get someone who is very influential in your industry to, you know, participate in a piece of content. That's already a winning formula because yes. any content that's associated with that person's name, that's automatically going to rank higher in the search rankings, in the search engines, and also you're going to get a new audience coming to your website. So people who are naturally fans of that particular influencer, they're going to come over to your landing page and read what you have written about that person. Hmm. So if, if there's some way, you know, it's not easy, it's not an easy process getting a high-profile influencer to, you know, um, participate in your content. But if there's some way you can reach out to them, either via instagram or twitter or facebook or contacting their pr um you know and if you can get them on board that is going to create a very engaging piece of content Mm. we used to do this at farfetch as well when i used to work in fashion so we used to interview very high profile fashion influencers and we used to ask them to come into our head office um, and we used to, you know, interview them, um, do a transcript of their interview, and then we used to do a mini photo shoot. And this would go onto our blog, our Farfetch blog, and this would create a lot of engagement and a lot of hype. Hmm. Yes, and I think um, going back to uh, your point about it can be hard to get these people on board. No. Um, sometimes just asking asking the question, don't be afraid to ask. So for example, um, we, uh, on a previous um, podcast, 
we managed to get Ran Fishkin on board and interviewed him, um, which was amazing and incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just about sort of putting yourself out there building relationships with people so obviously maybe don't go straight in with the I want you to come on or do this interview start building a relationship with them and and yeah and I think sometimes you just got to put yourself out there and just go ahead and ask haven't you really oh 100% you know that my favorite one of my favorite sayings is if you don't ask you don't get yes exactly yeah and I mean, it's so simple, but so true. So true. Okay, so um, you've gave us three awesome tips for engaging. So once we have engaged, then um, how would we get about converting? So what sort of three top tips can you give for um, converting those engaged custom uh, potential customers? So one thing that I would suggest is experimenting with checklists so I've always heard for a while that checklists are quite good at converting uh audiences converting users into you know paying clients or customers and um I did some experiment experimenting with this recently actually with my own company core consultancy um so Checklists are, you know, basically give an overview of all the important steps in a particular process. So what I did is I created an Instagram checklist because at the time I had a service that was targeting um, like bloggers who want to grow on Instagram. So hmm. I, I created this checklist and I embedded it in my sales page and I said, in order to get access to this checklist, to, the, to my checklist, please sign up. And I was surprised that it actually did generate quite a lot of leads. So people were actively signing up um, via this lead magnet. And then I managed to get a lot of emails um, because people were genuinely interested in these checklists. So I've tried it and it does work. Ah, nice little hack there, people. Um, so checklists are quite good um, another tip and although I haven't personally explored this but it's something that I've been seeing a lot on social media recently um, and it's something that you can replicate on your website as well there are challenges so if you're about to launch a particular product or service um, get your audience to engage in a challenge and get them excited about the launch of a particular product So the challenges are usually five days or seven days long, and they're good for um, getting your audience to interact with your brand. So, you know, they've grown in popularity a lot recently. I see them, I see a lot of challenges on Instagram and Facebook, and I've heard they're very good at converting customers. So it might be worthwhile to experiment with challenges. I like that. Because, I, I, yeah, like getting people sort of excited and brought in and a reason to engage, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it, it, surely it's going to work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it should work. I mean, it's the logical, it sounds like it would work. I haven't experimented myself, but it's fun and it's engaging. And, yeah. you know, it's so popular now that it must work, right? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, and I mean, anything like 
you've just got to test stuff, haven't you? Yeah. Like you don't know if these things are going to work for you until you try right. it. Sort of yeah. thing. Um, like I'm a big advocate of that. Like, um, you see so many people like sharing, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Um, yes, it's great that people have got these ideas, but don't just take these as gospel and then be saying like test, test, mm-hmm. test, test. You've got to see what resonates with your audience and your people. Testing is the key to success when it comes to digital marketing and especially with SEO as well. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Okay. Um, okay. So the final... Coming a... Oh yes. Sorry, I can't count, can I? <laughs> <laughs> you need to give me three. You give me two. Sorry, go ahead. Um, the final one would be webinars. And this is something that I'm currently experimenting with with my own web- website. So I'm doing a lot of split testing with webinars at the moment and webinars apparently are one of the best forms of content to in, to convert your audience um yeah. they have very um high conversion rates and they're great at you know building your email list as well because they're a great lead magnet so you're gonna get names you're gonna get email addresses um Grateful lead generation. And I think what I love about webinars is that it's a form of video, but it's a video presentation. So you, you, instead of creating a sales page and just talking about your product with webinars, you can actually demonstrate your product. So you can actually uh, show your audience how to use your product or how to use your service and, you know, what results you can expect by using your service. And you can also talk about testimonials and reviews from previous clients. So mm. webinars are fantastic because, as I, as I said, it's a combination of video and visual represent, representation, visual aid. Mm. So, yeah, um, def- yeah definitely. webinars, definitely try them. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, very handy tips there. Lots for lots of actionable tips for our um, listeners to go ahead and try. Um, moving away from um, top tips then, um, what sort of common mistakes or missed opportunities um, do you sort of come across um, with like people's websites when it comes to them like missing an opportunity to engage or missing or yeah, or a mistake when it comes to convert? um so I think one of the biggest things I see which is more of a missed opportunity is that people a lot of people who create websites or create their own businesses they don't identify their customer persona right so how can you create engaging content if you don't know what your audience wants yeah so I think the first thing you need to do is understand who is your target audience for starters and what what are they struggling with at the moment what are their pain points what is their current problem and how can your content provide a solution to that problem and there are so many ways to to do this because there's so many online forums and communities you know I like using websites such as Cura and Reddit yes um because they're they're so simple and easy to use all you have to do is enter a particular keyword in the search bar and then you know the threads that are the most popular 
they're they're the threads that people are they're the topics that people are struggling with the most so if you can identify what your audience is struggling with and then create an epic piece of content that provides a solution what you can do once that content is ready and published you can go back to the online forum and you can make an account and then you can um you can write a comment and just say look I found this amazing piece of content that is actually providing a solution to what you're currently discussing. Yes. Yes. And yeah, because you there, you have um, understood what your audience wants, what they are struggling with and you're provide, you're the one that's providing the solution. Exactly. And you're actually creating content based on data rather than just random content that you thought about, you know? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Rather than you're using data, and that's and with any marketing, not just SEO, across the board, you should be using data to um, influence or yeah, help you make decisions with your marketing. Rather, like gut feeling is all right, I suppose. <laughs> sometimes, but where you should be backing up your ideas with data, you should you should be doing that. Definitely, one hundred percent. Also, I would say another missed opportunity that. A lot of people probably don't utilize is um, our Google tools. So Google have certain features um, available, such as Google Suggest, and you know, <clears throat> entering a simple keyword into the search bar, and then letting Google display what people are currently you know searching for. And it, it's good because it displays a lot of long tail keywords that you can yes. target in your um, content creation. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, awesome. Yeah, Google suggests and Google people also answer. So if you scroll to the bottom, yeah. they also provide a list of similar topics that people are searching for as well. I came across a very handy tool. Um, so it's called also asked and basically it will scrape all of, um, Google's people also asked, um, questions and then it will help sort of categorize them. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's something. There you go. Also asked. It's an awesome tool. Also asked. Um, okay. Also asked. Uh, oh yes. Or if you're a Londoner, asked, I say asked. <laughs> asked asked okay um time is flying alicia right got time for two more questions um and then we'll move on to the feature um okay right a bit of a um i don't know um yeah i'll be really interested what you have to say to this one do you think which is better great content but bad user experience or bad user ex- um bad hang on let me get this the right way around <laughs> so what what's like yeah so what what's the better scenario to have great content but bad ux or good ux or great ux but bad content see i feel this is a trick question to be honest with you because um the thing is they both work hand in hand so yes I I don't know if I can give a definitive answer to that question because so you're saying that idea ideally you have to have you need both okay so 
if if it's if I have to prioritize one of them, yes, I'm going to prioritize content because you have to remember that I'm a content creator, so it's my job to create content like on a weekly basis. Um, so for me, in my opinion, content is king, and content will always outweigh everything else. However, saying that, I do believe that UX and content work both work hand in hand because if you're if you're going to create an epic piece of content that's gonna provide so much valuable information, you're automatically giving your audience a great user experience. Yes, yes, I yeah, I I didn't think of it like that. So you know, if you if you're creating poor quality content that is just irrelevant and doesn't provide any solutions, isn't engaging and almost like clickbait, you know, you're just stuffing random keywords in there. Um, You're going to be giving your audience a poor user experience. So that's the way I see it. Good content will organically lead to a better user experience. I love that. Because when, whenever you think of user experience, you sort of just straight away think about like like um, the ease of reading, um, the visual elements, how it appears and stuff. But you're you're 100% right. Like user experience, like UX and user experience is a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. So, I mean, that was an awkward question for you. But you've <laughs> at, like, that was a great answer. That was a great answer. Okay. So last question then um what should people be measuring um and sort of how um so what sort of tools um should they be using okay so when it comes to creating engaging content or monitoring engaging content um the the key metrics to focus on um is user behavior which is usually bounce rate and time on page and you can monitor these metrics in google analytics so yes. what you have to do is log into your Google Analytics account. If you navigate to behavior and then you navigate to site content and then you select all pages, that's going to give you an overview of your, all your landing pages. And then each column will have a different metric. So the two metrics that you want to focus on is bounce rate and time on page because this will give you a good indication on you know how your audience is interacting with your web pages are they is that sorry carry on no I was gonna just gonna say you know are they clicking on and then bouncing straight off or you know is the time on site so low because you know you don't have any great content on your web page there's no reason for people to stick around um I was just gonna ask on the benchmark point is there a benchmark point I I said that the wrong way around. On the bounce rate point, is there a benchmark people can be using? Well, I, I think bounce rate is tricky in general because it does fluctuate depending on the industry that you're in. So I know that e-commerce websites tend to have higher bounce rates. Hmm. Um, so I would say a general rule of thumb is to aim for a bounce rate below 40%. But, I mean, that's quite, to me, that's quite low. I don't think that's average for a lot of websites. <laughs> I think anything below 50% is acceptable, in my opinion. Yeah. Anything below 50%. And 
And I suppose that's where, what you should be tracking and measuring yourself. Like you could start off with, um, so have a look at what your benchmark is, or what your bounce rate is, um, do some changes um, and make sure you annotate that. So in Google Analytics, you can put like an annotation of, um, so you can select a date of when you did something. Um, so then when you look back, say you, a couple of weeks, when you look back, you can see, okay, has that positively affected my bounce? rate um has it come down because ultimately if it's coming down then it's going in the right direction isn't it yeah 100 percent. you know you should be always experimenting and always testing different strategies all the time it's the only way you're really gonna get results yes 100 percent agree right um that brings us to the end of that sort of section. Um, I mean, I think that was very valuable for our listeners. I think they're going to take a lot away from our conversation. Um, and hopefully they'll be implementing and trying some of the stuff that, stuffs, some of the stuff that you have suggested. It is now time for the feature because an SEO SAS podcast is not an SEO SAS podcast without a feature. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know what to expect. You don't know what to expect. Okay, so it's a bit of a um, outside the box one. Um, but basically, what I want you to do is come up with three facts about yourself um one of them has to be a lie so with these three facts you've got two that are right and one is a lie and the aim of the game so to speak is me to pick your lie okay okay all right yeah I've got I've got two truths and I've got one lie awesome okay so um mix them up and yes tell me them okay so (laughs) the first one is that I used to date a very well-known high-profile celebrity in the UK right the next one is that I used to live in Jamaica with my family in St Catherine for 10 years Right. And the next one is that I had all my teeth shaved down, every single one, and I replaced them all with fake veneers. Wow. Okay. So uh, you've you shaved all your teeth down and now you've got fake veneers. Uh-huh. You lived in Jamaica for 10 years. Yeah. Or you dated a very high-profile celeb in the UK? Yes. Oh, I mean, those are some... Wow, okay. Um, ah, I mean... Where, what don't you... What, which one? Which, do I, which one do I think is a lie? Okay. I'm going with the teeth. The teeth is a lie. That is incorrect. Oh, which one was a lie? I had my teeth done last year in Turkey. Right, um, okay. So the lie was Jamaica. 
Oh, so you didn't live in Jamaica for no, 10 years I with your family? No. Ah, have you been to Jamaica? Yes, I've been to Jamaica several times with my mom to visit our family. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I've seen lovely photos. I've never been myself, but um, yes, lo- seen lovely photos. I mean, who can you say who the celeb was, I or are you not allowed? We cannot say. <laughs> I, oh my god, no, I literally cannot say. But um, there was a lot of mm, drama revolving this, well, revolving around this particular celebrity this year. Oh my god! I mean, so, I mean, people are going to be guessing now, aren't they? Can yeah. you even say like what sort of celeb are we talking about? Like a singer, a sort of a reality I TV person. His um, work, what he does for a living, because as soon as I say what he does for a living, you will guess in two seconds because it's very obvious. Okay, I'll stop grinning you. <laughs> um, but very interesting. Very. In- How long were you together for? Oh, it was very brief. We were we dated for a few months. Like it was like six months. I mean, still six months. Um, I've had relationships that have lasted a lot less than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so six six months is good. Um, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, everyone's going to be like guessing and looking at all the celeb news, aren't they? Like, who was recently called up? Um, but yeah. Awesome. Right. Um, unfortunately, that brings us to an end of this week's SEOSES podcast. Sad times. Have you had fun? Oh my God, it's been amazing. Will you have me on again in the future? Of course, of course. Um, if people want to sort of get in touch with you, um, obviously I said that I'd link to um your course about um getting better at seo yeah. but yeah where's where can people find you where best can they find where okay. you are so if you everything regarding seo if you want to learn more about seo my instagram is core consultancy underscore my website is coreconsultancy.co and my youtube channel is just core consultancy Awesome. Lovely. I'll make sure I'll link I'll link out to all those places and anywhere else that I find you and your business in the show notes. Um, I need to do the SEO SAS admin. So we are on Twitter, SEO underscore SAS. Um, we're both personally on Twitter. Hannah is SEO SAS Hannah. I am Sarah MCD UK or Sarah McDuck. Um, we are both on LinkedIn. We do have an email address. So if you fancy dropping us an email to say hi, or you want to suggest a topic, or you want to come on, please do. We are hello at seoseaspodcast.com. And then the last thing that I would say, if you've not yet subscribed to us, um, please do, because one that helps the algorithm podcast whatever uh helps us do better and also you get notified whenever new episodes come out which at the moment is every monday morning so um what's your last wise words of wisdom alicia oh god just any it can be silly it doesn't have to be marketing related it can just be a motto that you live by 
I'm not sure if I have any mottos that aren't like politically incorrect. So <laughs> politically incorrect. Do you want to know mine? What's yours? Mine's don't take life too seriously. Oh yeah, I mean life is short and just live live your best life. Live your live your best life. Secure the bag. Uh, wonderful right so until next time goodbye bye everyone